Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 63. It is Monday, January 31st. January coming to an end, and we are coming back. It's been a couple weeks. I'm uh, going to talk some hockey stuff, and we're going to talk Canucks. We're going to talk Vander Kane. <laughs> we're going to talk the Arizona Coyotes and some other fun things. So, away we go. Away we go, starting with Canucks. Starting so. with the Canucks, what do you got? They've done, what, 50, 500 hockey in the last two weeks? 500 hockey in the last two weeks, which honestly, given the situation, is quite impressive. Um, I got to go to a game where Spencer Martin um, took the Canucks to a shootout loss, but it was impressive to see. And oh, yeah, against Florida. Against Florida. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of started there, and then um, the Canucks had no goalies for a while, so it was Spencer Martin and Mikey DiPietro. And Mikey DiPietro played a game, but I think everyone is kind of aware of the fact he's not NHL ready, at least at this stage. I'm not sure if he's ever going to be an NHL goalie, but um, he, you know, he did his best um, in that St. Louis game. It wasn't awful. It wasn't great. Let him one bad goal. Yeah. And then uh, we had Spencer Martin for a couple more games. He got his first career win, which was nice to see uh, against Winnipeg there. And then the Canucks lost a very uh, boring affair to the Calgary Flames in overtime. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a week uh, or we a bit over a week here, and it's such a hard like. I mean, I'm sure we're gonna talk about it when we get into the trade rumors, but I, I do think the Canucks are in kind of a hard position a bit here because they're out of the playoffs. They're not out by that many points, but they have played more games um, than the teams they're kind of chasing, and so I mean, I guess it depends on how legit. Like say uh, not San Jose, uh, L.A. and Anaheim are. Yeah. Because I think those central teams are, are gonna lock it down. Although I will say I kind of always was saying like I think Winnipeg is gonna get that second wild card spot. And then watching the game against the Canucks, they looked so bad. I they was did. like, really I bad. don't believe they're gonna do it anymore. So maybe there is a spot for another Pacific team, um, as a wild card. But very interesting time as a Canucks fan and. It keeps seeming seems to be like in the next few days we're gonna know what they are, but yeah. I do think by the All Star ga- uh, break we're gonna have an idea of where this team is at and what moves they're gonna make. So is that this weekend or the next weekend? It's this weekend. Okay. So there's a couple more games for the Canucks, and then you know I think evaluate and again it's it's hard to say because in the West I, I really think there's one good team which is Colorado, and the rest of them like, I think like Minnesota and Nashville are, are good. And I, I would place money more on Minnesota than Nashville in the playoffs. But, again, I've, <laughs> I've doubted Nashville the whole season. So, it's highly likely they'll probably go on a run. But I do kind of think it might be a year that if you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. I think St. Louis has been surprisingly St. strong. St. Louis has been very good, too. And kind of their younger players are, are driving the bus for them right now. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, that's kind of my Canucks recap outside of all the rumors surrounding the team, which is... A lot. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I mean, essentially, the goalies have been really good. It's yeah. been the like overarching theme, right? Martin came out of nowhere, played really well. I think their overall five on five save percentage, like since Boudreaux has been in, is yeah. like second in the league. Yeah. Um, which is really impressive. So 
you just need to find more ways to score, I guess, if your goalies are going to play like that for you. Yeah, and it's interesting, right, because under Boudreaux, we have seen this shift downwards in ice time for, for both Hoglander and Paul Colson, and I'm not going to say that, like, I think both of them have had up and down seasons. I think Hoglander hasn't been as good as he was last year, but that's not, that's, like, not super surprising, but when those two guys, <laughs> like, unfortunately, where the Canucks are at right now, they kind of need those two to contribute. Yeah. And they're not, because when you see the third and fourth line kind of now, or even that first line with Dickinson on it, like, to me, it's almost like a wasted spot. It's like, well, he's not going to score. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm being harsh, but it's just that they feel, it feels like they're missing someone, even though right now they're pretty healthy. Yeah. And that was a big thing about the last, since we talked last, is they did lose a few key people for yeah. some of those games yeah. due to the COVID stuff. Um, and then the the Saturday night game against Calgary, besides it being boring, like Demko was good, not great, but only because he didn't have to be great. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of a game for the taking. Yeah. They could have definitely taken that one. And that was one that I feel like both, and you can say it about either team, like that was kind of a must-win game, and I don't think either team really showed up really to the degree that it, they should have kind of for the level of that game. I think that the Winnipeg game was kind of similar except for the fact that I think the Canucks showed up and were like, we need to win this game, and Winnipeg was kind of like, bruh. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, so, first question for you, kind of moving on to trade rumors yeah. slash Canucks, is obviously they want to move Halak yes. to get away from next year's bonus overage they got to yeah. pay him. Um, and I, I think I mentioned to you, maybe in talking, maybe in our last episode, that like there seems to be interest maybe from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, because they have like zero confidence in Casey DeSmith anymore. Yeah. And Jari's been amazing. I feel like they might be able to convince him to do that, but they might have to hold back some money to do it yeah. too because Pittsburgh knows that bonus is coming. Yeah. Um, at this point, do you think Martin would be a trade candidate because he's found money? I don't know. See, I, I think I have more of a negative opinion of Martin than like everyone else, but it, it's not because I don't think it's a good story. I just think that it happens quite often in the NHL where a goalie will come up and they'll be kind of hot for a while because no one has a book on them. And then when they start to kind of find out where to shoot, then they start to kind of be exposed more for you know being human i maybe like i mean if you look at buffalo for example they literally have like no goalies right now yeah i, I think maybe someone like that <laughs> could take a run at a spencer martin but i don't know if it's realistic and kind of going into the halak thing and i think that's going to be a theme of this episode <laughs> unfortunately but i was mad in the summer when they traded holtby when they bought out Holtby, because I thought it was kind of just a waste of cap management. And then they brought in Halak, and I was like, whatever, Halak will probably be better than Holtby, but I just feel like you could have ridden out that last year of Holtby's contract and been fine. And they, like, Benning put them in this predicament where it's like, we don't want to pay the bonus, but you gave him the bonus, and I don't know. I mean... A fairly achievable bonus, too, when it comes down to it. yeah. I guess it depends, like, what do you expect to get back for Spencer Martin? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, if you get, I don't know if he's going to get another start. But with yeah. those three starts, like, it would be a late-round pick. Yeah. And, I mean, sure, I think at this point in time, the Canucks are at a stage where they do want to restock kind of their, their cupboards a bit here in terms of prospects. But 
Yeah, I mean, I can see it. <laughs> I just feel like the whole situation was kind of avoidable. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I just kind of feel like if they can't move Halak, they might as well move Martin. Sure. Just to get something. Yeah. Um, so then, kind of hopping off that, <laughs> but going on to Evander Kane. Yeah. So he did finally sign, like we talked about, with Edmonton. Yeah. Um, and then they had a big win, and everyone's all like, you know, woo, 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 yeah, Edmonton, yeah. and... Yeah, like sort it's of a, all. yeah hilarious that they addressed like the area they didn't need addressing the most yeah um but yeah and i mean I, I assume edmonton's looking at it the same way that i basically just talked about it that if you get into the playoffs in the west there's a decent chance you could take a run at it and um evander kane is like a 30 goal scorer you know he's they're getting basically you know a six seven million dollar player for two million a season but I just don't know why they really decided that that was their right move in terms of the the locker room, which already seemed to be a bit <laughs> um, maybe challenged is the right word. And like, you know, Connor McDavid is a great player. Um, I think no one's going to argue you on that one, but his personality and his leadership, I'm not completely sold on. And bringing in a guy like Evander Kane into that room where you don't necessarily have this strong leader. I know that's partially why they brought in Duncan Keith and I won't go on my rant about that one, but it just seemed like an odd choice um, in terms of the locker room dynamics. I get it from the off, like the on ice performance, but as you say, they're basically cap strapped now to do anything at the deadline. So mm-hmm. if they wanted to improve their goaltending, if they wanted to improve their defense, which is the areas that they probably should focus on, um, it's going to have to be dollar in, dollar out, and that's going to be harder to do with who they're going to have to move, basically. Yeah, it's going to be tough. The only name I've really seen going out other than like trying to move Koskinen out for yeah, whatever they sure. bring in is like Chris Russell yeah. going out the door. Um, but, you know, the move is obvious for, for Ken Holland because it was pretty much the only player he could bring in yeah. without having to give up assets. Yeah. Totally. And, and, you know, it, I don't think it was the right move, <laughs> but it didn't cost me anything. And, like, you know, I think it's Friedman who always says, like, when you're in a tight spot, the other gyms are going to throw you animals yeah. before they throw you life sure. preservers. And, like, everybody knew they needed a goalie. Yeah. So, from what I read, even the goalies that, like, like Corpus Allo that haven't been playing well this year, yeah. and, like, I, I read with Jones in Philadelphia, like, yeah. they offered what was probably a reasonable offer. Yeah. And, and the ask was way above oh, that because yeah, sure. they're, they're desperate, yeah. right? So, uh, Billy Huso on, on yeah. St. Louis is another one that they're talking about, but I think that's going to cost them a lot. I was going to say, what about Bennington? Because I think the Blues are pretty happy with Huso right now. He's starting all their games. Right. Well, he's starting the games they win. That's true. <laughs> so, I don't know. like Until he puts the first rounder back on the table, they're going to yeah. be in tight. But that, like, they can't go into the playoffs without addressing their goaltending, basically. No. Um, but, yeah, it's a... It was an interesting move for the week. Uh, I listened to both interviews that Kane did. The one there was one on TSN. He was a female reporter, and then there was like his opening press conference, and it was just like you know, no accountability for anything that's happened, kind right. of thing. And I was like, not surprising, but there's ways you could phrase his answers to questions that. <laughs> I don't know, would have been, if I was an Oilers fan, a little bit maybe more excited about him, but 
even just saying something like you know in the past I was a bit like I wasn't the best teammate like you could just say that but he's like oh no it's their leadership that's bad and stuff like that it's like okay come on like this is your fifth team or something now and literally every every time it's ended up bad for you and yeah we'll see we will we'll see. see. Time will tell. It'll be anything. a fascinating storyline to follow for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, long-term fascinating storyline with the Arizona Coyotes locking in a deal to play at Arizona State <laughs> University for the next three to four seasons yeah. is insanity <laughs> to me. Yeah. It makes no, no sense. sense. It's crazy. Yeah. Maximum. They're saying maximum five thousand <laughs> people, but it, like I've even read as low as thirty-eight hundred yeah. people. Well, like, I just. For how quickly Atlanta went to Winnipeg yeah. and how easy that yeah. happened, it's like, why are the NHL constantly standing behind a team that has failed for 30 years? Yeah. 25, I, sorry. <laughs> I don't understand the Arizona thing, like, at all. I don't. Uh, uh, like, especially now that Vegas is there, because to me, like, Vegas kind of fills the hole of what Arizona could have been, almost. And, like, it's redundant having the two teams. And I even said, like, when they... They expanded to Vegas. I said, why don't they just move Arizona to Vegas? And I get it. They want an expansion team. But, like, it just didn't make it didn't make sense to have the two for me. But um, when you say, like, no market like Quebec or even Hamilton isn't going to be able to produce enough ticket sales or whatever to support an NHL team, and then you have Arizona that might be selling at, like, under 4,000 tickets a game. Right. It's, it's a joke at the end of the day. and It is, and Quebec has this new state-of-the-art <laughs> arena yeah. sitting there waiting, yeah. like, and the desire from the city. Yeah. Um, and I think Houston and Kansas City have arenas, say. both that are ready. Houston's the fourth biggest, like, television market in the North America. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they if Arizona, like, because they're trying to work on that Tempe deal, right, to move the team there. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up going to Houston for a couple years and just moving them in there until they can get that Tempe deal, but... I think the NHL is holding out for that Tempe deal, and yeah. if it falls through, then I think that's then the point. Move. I think so, but what I've read, too, is they're kind of getting greedy about it, and, like, they want the expansion fee, right? right? And so they're trying to come up with a way to fold bidding war sell expansion fee rather than yeah. just simply relocate of course yeah which sucks but yeah okay so question then let's say they don't go houston or kansas city and they do go quebec which like is my high hopes yeah, but I, I is the lowest odds happen, but yeah. um <laughs> who would move to the west yeah that's a good question because no one's gonna want to move back to the west right? no nope, no one i mean i, I feel like detroit's probably gonna dig their heels in because they've already done that yeah. favor once yeah um i feel like columbus might be the obvious one columbus was the first one i thought of too they don't really have that many established rivalries despite being there for nearly 25 years now yeah or 20 years sorry <laughs> yeah anyway it'll be it would be tough and that's again part of the reason why i feel like houston is the most logical i mean kansas city wouldn't be bad either because it's in the west to them but yeah fairly central at least. yeah yeah so anyway there's some some interesting storylines to follow and that arizona team you know they like essentially the ownership did this to themselves they didn't pay the taxes on time or whatever and they didn't pay rent for their arena which is the most ridiculous thing for a professional like a professional team and the mismanagement has been just astounding that's what i'm gonna say yeah. to watch so and, and frustrating yeah totally frustrating and you know there's like 
There is potential, right, with that team. I just don't think there's potential with that team in that location. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving on. Trade rumors or... Trade rumors. Or yeah. start and then end with awards. Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk trade rumors because it's mainly going to be for all the Canucks, I think. But Yeah, so the Canucks right now is just like a trade rumor factory. It mm-hmm. seems like about, you know, they kind of came out and said the four names the Canucks aren't really taking calls on right now are Horvat, Patterson, Hughes, and Demko. Um, I think three of those beforehand we already knew. And yeah. the Horvat would be the only one that would be kind of surprising, but not totally because he, he is the captain of the team, and I feel like to re-sign Horvat's not going to be... It's not going to be JT Miller. It's not going to be JT Miller, and that's the difference between the two, right? Yeah. But the JT Miller thing is very interesting, um, especially, again with the position the Canucks are in because I feel like if, you know, they were 10 points out of the playoffs and it looked like, okay, we're not going to make it, I feel like, like, as fans, we'd be more okay with giving up a player like that if you get a good return. Obviously, it depends on what the return is. But because they're so close, it makes it a lot harder to digest. And for the team itself, if they give up a big piece like that, it could be very damaging to the locker room. Mm Mm-hmm. They, the Canucks are in a decent position right now in the sense that they don't really have to make that decision until the trade deadline, even though I've heard that they want to make it before. Um, and they could wait until the offseason, right? Mm-hmm. It's time for another year. You're just probably not going to get the same return if you do decide that you want to trade them. The name that popped up on Saturday night that was very interesting was Connor Garland. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that, for me, I have a harder time with. And it's not because I... I'm more of a Connor Garland fan. It's because, again, of Jim Benning's moves in the offseason. And that's one that, if you take the OEL contract, which I still think... I'm not I'm not a fan of it. I wasn't at the moment they took it. But getting Garland was at least something. You know, he's 24. He's on a reasonable cap hit. And so, for me, I'm like, okay, I, I get... You must... At this stage, the Canucks are going to explore everything. Like, they're going to yeah, take null calls on everything. But... Who are you really going to get back? I know, I know. It's tough, especially like he's he signed for four more seasons yeah. at under five mil. Yeah. Like, well, you're not going to be able to replace that for that type of money. Yeah. It do, it, like, I understand there's a lot of value because of the contract yeah. and the player, but that's the type of player and contract I think you want. Exactly. So that one's tough. I wouldn't do that myself. Yeah. Um, the Miller one, like, I get it. He's got value, sell high, etc. But I've thought about it so much, and I feel like it, like you alluded to there, it would be damaging to the culture to do such a thing because he seems like such a leader. And, like, since we've been talking and doing this hockey talk, we talked a lot about, you know, letting Markstrom go, letting yeah, Stetcher exactly. go, letting Tanev go, yeah. letting Edler go. And, and obviously how much that did impact the team in a negative way. Yeah. And I feel like it would be too damaging in the sense that it would send the wrong message to the current players. Yeah. Um, as, like, knowing that, like, oh, if I'm getting towards my 30s, the team might sell high on me. Like, yeah. you know, less incentive for them to want to stick around if they do hit UFA. And then I think it would make it harder to draw people in even more so than it already is as a Canadian market with high taxes. Like, we've already seen with Beagle and Roussel and Poolman, like, you got to give those extra years yeah. to get these players in. And if now you're going to start, like, selling high on players that haven't even hit 30 yet... Then See, I will say I'm, no I'm more or? on the sell Miller train because I just think that for seven years as a Canucks fan, we've kind of waited <laughs> for this moment almost to be like, okay, we have an asset that we can sell. Again, it depends for what they get back. 
because if they get if they can re basically if you can kind of fix your defensive prospects to get legit NHL bodies in there that could basically form that. The problem with the Canucks right now, in my mind, is that they're not they're not built correctly. That's like the end of their day. And True. I think yeah, you can flip Besser, but right now I don't think Besser's gonna get you what you need compared to what JT Miller can. And that's for me the reason why I see it being logical. And also I just don't believe he's gonna resign with the Canucks. So yeah. that's the end of the day for me. It's like, okay, but if they keep him, I think it's great too. And that's why at this stage it's so hard to tell yeah. because of where they are in, like in the standings. And again, they're 10 points out. I'd be like, yeah, do it. But mm-hmm. so Because he is their only like point per game player they exactly. have. And um, he plays in all three. All, um, totally. Yeah. Like So there is going to be teams lining up. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's hard. It's tough because, you know, you, you look at the successful teams <laughs> and – they all, they keep their all-stars into their 30s, you yeah. know? Like, it's not like Philly moved on from Drew before he no. hit 30, or Stamkos moved on from Tampa, and, and he totally could have. Yeah, but Miller also played, like, he's played for three uh, for two other teams, and Tampa did win two cups after trading him, and I don't think that sat well with him. Yeah. So I feel like for him, and this is, again, just why I don't believe he's going to come back, is wh- why would he? Money money but i think he's gonna get more money somewhere else yeah i don't know anyway it's it's an interesting one Mm -hmm. i think either way they're they're in a good position as long as you you know if they sell them if they sell them for enough value right because if they don't then it's not it's not (laughs) it's not gonna be okay Mm -hmm. but yeah we'll see what happens there and then i mean there's some some other players like Shen has been attracting interest. And yeah, I think Shen will get a late round pick or maybe a mid round pick at the deadline, and, and Mott will probably get a decent. I think Mott could get more than what we expect, which would be decent, especially if that line continues to play well. Just because you know, uh, fourth line kind of players that can drive play um, going into the playoffs are are usually things that teams look to build. I mean, Mott could play on a third line, I think, and be yep. pretty successful. Mm-hmm. You think about what Tampa's done in the last two years, adding kind of those players at the deadline. I think he could do pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I don't know really about other trade rumors in the league because it's been so fixated on the Canucks for the last little while here, but Friedman kind of hinted that the Canucks might be the team to kick it off. Yeah, so. I can see it. We'll Rutherford's see. been in his spot for a while, and he's been holding, t- holding he's tight. He's been watching and holding. And um, I think there's a lot of talk about Claude Giroux controlling yeah. his fate yeah. at the All-Star weekend. They're going to really talk about it. And, like, I've talked about him to Minnesota. It's popped up him to Colorado. I really feel like that's going to be one of the deals yeah. that happens. Um, I read that Sutter in Calgary wants to fully. Okay, interesting. R- really badly. I mean, there's the L.A. Yeah, connection. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Traveling, or however you say his name is, he's been pretty good at giving Sutter what he wants. Right. When he says, you know, what he wants. Yeah. So I could see that one. I I don't know what it would cost Calgary, but I think that would help them out quite a bit for a playoff. It's going to be more annoying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As a Canucks fan, but that's okay. You know? So, yeah. I mean, I'd be happy if the Flyers were able to work a deal with. Minnesota for like a, a Rossi at first and a and they would have to take yeah. Rask probably as yeah. a contract back but, yeah. or like Colorado I was looking you know I'm dreaming a little bit and thinking like oh like a package like JT Comfort yeah. Bowen Byram and a pick would be nice yeah. but 
you never know. Uh, I was gonna ask you a flyers question because I was reading about it today, but there's all sorts of leakage that if um, the Avs don't re-sign Nazem Kadri, that uh, he's gonna end up in Philly. Oh. And I don't know if you had any thoughts on that one, but. Hadn't heard that one. Yeah. Um, I don't see how they would make the money work, especially when they have like, sixteen million tied up between Couturier yeah. and Hayes as their top two centermen. Like, I don't know. He's a good player this year. <laughs> yeah. He's having the, the, he's at the right point in time to be having a good year. Yeah. You know? Well, the, the other one, speaking of right time to have yeah. a good year, is Johnny Goodrow. Yeah. And they're saying, like, if Calgary can't work that out, he would sign in Philly. Because oh, he's yeah, been a I Philly fan that, since yeah. he, he's grown up or whatever. Yeah. And that one makes a little more sense to me because they could use a winger more yeah. than a centerman. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, it should be interesting. But, like, yeah, I feel like Minnesota is going to make a move probably for a centerman, a big move. I feel like Colorado. Like, I don't know how much I want to mess with that that offense right now. Yeah. But I, I think they could them. use a winger, though. Like, And I know that Giroux has predominantly played center, but he has played wing recently. And, and a second line of Kadri, Burakovsky, and Giroux would be, be pretty, pretty deadly. Yeah. So, I mean, they've, they've, you got to think they're going to do something really big because this is going to be, like, they really have to, year. they got to do it, yeah. right? And Or at least make the final. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, McKinnon just got hurt again, which isn't great for them, but it, for them it doesn't really matter. No. For the playoffs, like, They'll persevere, Yeah, for sure. So I, I'd be surprised, too, if they don't make a move for a goalie. Um, yeah, and, it, like, again, that just dreaming a little bit, it's like, yeah, that's a place that I could see, that, like, Halak ending up and working out well, but I don't see it. Like, I think they're going to just pay the bonus and play it out with yeah. Halak, so. Yeah. Yeah, and then other than that, I mean, there's just always the typical, like, Toronto needs a defense rumor and stuff like that, but, like, I, I don't have anything really specific, I guess. No. Um, I think Pavelski could be a big fish if Dallas starts to slide. I also heard Pavelski, Colorado. Okay. Yeah, that was the other one besides Juro that I heard for Colorado, and I, I think that makes sense, again. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, we'll yeah. see. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, and then times. should we quickly ra raffle sure. off or rifle off some uh, mid-season mid awards? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll go off the top of my head because I don't have to look up notes. But for the Hart Trophy, for me, yeah. I have Ovi. Okay, yeah. It's funny because I actually forgot about Ovi, but I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I got Ovi just because he's having such a year. Yeah. And Backstrom was hurt for like the first 30-some-odd games, and he was still amazing. Um, yeah, he, he's had such a year. It's been crazy. And then I was looking at second, and I was like, I don't even know. Like, it's tempting to not want to throw a goalie in there. Like, yeah. I feel like Soros, Nashville yeah. wouldn't be Nashville this year without Soros. Yeah. And Vasilevsky doesn't get the love he deserves. <laughs> and, and like, I gotta, I hate the Rangers, but Shostorkin, yeah, he's had a really good year, and the Rangers wouldn't be as good no. as they are without him playing the way he's been. So, besides Ovi, it's been goalies that okay. I was looking at for the heart. Yeah. I, I threw out Huberdo because I feel like he's also just having a ridiculous year. And, again, probably <laughs> they always say he's the most underrated player in the league, him or Barkov, but they are underrated for, um, for you know, yeah. Yeah. being where they're at. And but that's just such a well-built team. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. And I know that because Barkov plays there, it will, like, detract from the votes or whatever. But yeah. I do think he needs some recognition for the season that he's having. So. Yeah. I'll, I'd, I'd say him, and then I agree. I think Ovi, for for this stage of his career, needs to get some yeah. love. It's, it's been crazy. He's still third in scoring or whatever. Yeah, um, so moving on to, like, I guess, top defense is going to off the top of my head. Um, 
Victor Hedman should have way more Norris trophies. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he was kind of in my top three already, and then they played that game recently where they only dressed 4D men, yeah. and he played, like, 30 minutes yeah. and got, like, two goals and an assist, like... And, you know, he was looking forward to it because yeah. he won that challenge. Yeah. I was like, man, this guy is on another level. Yeah. So, like, for me, Hedman was the pick. Yeah. There's a lot of good picks this year, though. I, I, I agree with you. I think Hedman is the best defenseman in the league, and he probably should win it every year, to be completely honest. But I think it's going to be Kale McCarr this year. Yeah, because the goals. That's just the feeling that it's going <laughs> with. And, yeah, he scored a ridiculous amount of goals. So, I feel like McCarr will win, but I think Hedman would be... A logical pick. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like Yossi deserves a little bit. And that, that was the third one I put was Yossi. Yeah, He's yeah. having a crazy season. He is, yeah. So, I mean, that whole national team has been good, but Yossi's been like him and Saros have been unreal. Mm -hmm. so. um, yeah, going random still, like Calder Trophy. Calder Trophy, okay. So again, I think the three finalists are pretty clear. Yes. Yeah. Zedris, Sider, and Raymond. Yeah. Uh, I think right now you go with one of the Detroit guys, but I think that Zedris is going to end up winning it. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, you know, talk 10 games ago, I probably would have said Raymond. Yeah. Um, I think right now I, I would give it to Cider. I agree. Just because he's playing 22 minutes a yeah. game as a rookie, and, like, it's it's harder to be a rookie and that number one guy, yeah. like, the guy, yeah. and get a lot of points, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think right now I'll give it to him, but, it's, but yeah, like, I agree with I you totally. I just think he's coming three. on, and the stuff that he's doing, like, after scoring the Michigan goal and stuff, just the attention he's getting, I feel like he's going to end up winning it. But it's yep. just a gut feeling. So, mm -hmm. um, Okay, for uh, Jack Adams. Oh, coach. Okay. Yeah, I have two. Do you? Okay. Uh, you go first because I'm going to think for a second. So I have uh, Brunette in um, Florida yep. for taking over from Quenzo and the team still doing so well. And then Dallas Eakins in Anaheim because who would have thought that Anaheim yep. would be here? So those are the two that I just thought of off the top of my head. Um, but I'm probably missing someone pretty big. Yeah, I mean, right away I thought Nashville and Laviolette because, yeah. like, again. Yeah, that's think, a good one. I, I don't think anybody had them as high as they are. And then on top of that, like, who else is just being surprising? Like, I think Dallas Eakins was probably pretty right. Yeah. Sullivan and Pittsburgh. Yeah, because I don't true. think a lot of people like that. I don't think either of us had Pittsburgh making the playoffs, and they're doing unreal. Yeah. So yeah, I'd put maybe those three. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, Vesna. I right. mean, we kind of talked about it. Like, I personally would give it to Soros because I feel like he's just having a crazy year. But I think it's going to be Shesterkin. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, and there's. There's like five or six names up there right yeah. now. Like, if, if they were going to put six names out, yeah. I think it would be like, you know, Anderson, Vasilevsky, Jari, Shesterkin, Saros, and yep. the other one I'm not thinking of. Um, <laughs> but I think Shesterkin would get it. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. But there's some, there's some, yeah, even like Jack Campbell's having a really good year. Yeah, know? I know. Not so much last week or two. No, he's, he's slipped a little bit here, but yeah, there's been some good goaltending. Mm -hmm. So then the last one I have is the Selkie, and this is the one that I put the least amount of work into because I didn't look up anything. Okay. Um, but I put down Stone and O'Reilly because it's like the traditional ones, but then I realized Stone's been hurt for like most of the season, and O'Reilly's not having a great season. Yeah. So I'm going to change it to Barkov, which is also kind of a bit of a cop-out. Yeah. 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 There was one I read, what was it? It was someone on Minnesota. Uh, I think they have like Felino or something, oh, really? and apparently he's having an unreal defensively good okay. year. I can see that. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't look into this one yeah. much either, so I'll tap out and okay. say Barkov. Okay, I guess. Yeah. I think that's it. That's I it. I mean, I guess we're gonna guess Art Ross and nah. Rocket, but 
give it to Ovi, give it to Huberdo. Yeah. I don't know. Call it good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. there you go. Well, we'll be back uh, next week, and hopefully, like the, like Laura alluded to, that the All-Star Game's coming up, so hopefully some trades will start happening, we'll have some more news, and hopefully the Canucks can rattle off a few more wins. Nice. And uh, between now and then, we'll be back to do episode number 64, and you can check us out on the YouTube, and we're on the Spotify. Yeah. So thanks for listening and or watching.